Welcome to the Mostly AV Who We Are show. In this series, we highlight an AV professional, learn more about their story, and get their take on our industry. And now, without further ado, please welcome our hosts, Michelle Lorette and Jerry Gallegos. Hello, Michelle. How are you? Hey, Jerry. How's it going? I'm doing good. How about yourself? Fine, fine. Busy, busy working. Excellent. As we so sit here to talk to people about how they're not working. So today we have a very special guest. He is actually the silent co-founder of the Mostly AV podcast. Uh, he is a consultant, uh, among many other things. And I'm very, very, very pleased to welcome David Williams. Hi, David. Welcome to the show. Hey, guys. Welcome, David. Welcome to... Uh, welcome to me. Yay. No. Yay. It's all about you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been hoping to get laid off so I could join the show and, you know, just kind of revel in my uh, growing a beard and doing yard work. And uh, finally, the dream has happened. Exactly. That you just, you, did you put it on your, on your board? <laughs> I on must have. Board? I put it out into the universe and apparently that was enough. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So when, uh, when exactly did you get uh, furloughed? Uh, that was last week, uh, officially Friday. And uh, I think the numbers are up to 27 million people. Now you're among a group of 27 million fellow yeah. Americans. Who- yeah, I'm one of the the, uh, the most recent 4.5 million new newbies to the equation. So, I yeah. like that you slid in on a stat week. That's good. You know, I try, That's how I try to roll. It needs to be memorable <laughs> that way. Yes, I'm glad you're productive, though. That's good. I love that. Oh, yeah. Doing all kinds of junk. Um, studio's loving it. Finally getting some stuff done in here, which is good. Um, trying to get some of my audio examples and stuff uh, kind of more organized. I never had time for, for that. I was always, by the time I got home, I had stuff to do um, left over from work, and I would do that, and then I'd be tired. And, and the kids. Yeah, you, you also spend have some time with the family, have some yeah. food, and then you're like, yeah, I'm going to bed. <laughs> Do the whole thing again tomorrow. That's good. That, I'm glad that you're looking at uh, at it from a glass half full perspective. It's it's important to try to keep a positive attitude um, because definitely there's nothing. I mean, there's nothing we could do about it. So, uh, so if we if we tell your origin story, which is what we, I would like for us to do, um, where does your origin story start? The, the AV origin. He was a little boy born in. No, <laughs> uh, we could just start at the AV part. Yeah, so the it starts it starts as a little kid because like a lot of us, you know, I started from being a musician first, and so that started as a little kid. Uh, always drawn to the music side of stuff, and then uh, at some point, I want to say, mm, like college, I guess when I, I switched uh, majors from music major to uh, recording arts. And that's where kind of the shift started to happen. I started what college realize, was that? Where were you going to school? It was a, in, in Washington State. So um, a little bit of Washington State. I don't even claim it because it wasn't there. I wasn't there long. But uh, Bremerton, Washington, is a little college called Olympic College. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's where I kind of cut my teeth on sequencing and uh, production and all that stuff. And I had already met Jerry. Believe it or not, I, I met Jerry when I was yeah. like 15. <laughs> so, oh my God, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, We've been recording stuff since you know, we were kids. Yeah, yeah. yeah. David uh, is the cousin to one of my best friends, uh, ex-girlfriends. So, um, back, in those, back in those days, so that's how I ended up meeting David. <laughs> 
Yeah. She was like, I know another nerd like you. You guys should totally meet up. <laughs> it was, we had a mandate. We nerded out. It was cool. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we've been friends ever since. Uh, I've been doing audio all since then. And I think what happened is I my first real job was at uh, Parker Music. It's a music store here in Houston. And um, they had instruments and stuff, but they had studio equipment and they had uh, live PA and stuff like that. So um, attracted to the music side of stuff, I started to, to find out really, really quickly that I had this kind of a natural thing about designing systems. And so um, churches and different organizations would come in and buy all their equipment, but seek me out because they're like, oh, no, 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 this guy, he doesn't just sell it to us. He'll, he'll draw out how to hook it up if we get home or back right. to the church or whatever. And so I started getting popular doing that. And then uh, I think Jerry put in a good word for me at LD Systems uh, about five years or so later after I was at uh, Parker that long. And they called and said, hey, um, you want to, you should come talk to us. Maybe you can, maybe it might be a good match here. So yeah. I did that and was there for a long time. And then. Um, well, now they have two sides of the house. They have a live events and then just a regular yes. pro integration. What side of the house were you on? I was on the design side. You were? Uh, yeah, on yeah. the. Yeah, pretty much from day one, even though I probably could have been a really good fit for production. And, and That's what down, I was thinking. I, I know. You could have gone either way, yeah. <laughs> right. That would have been a that, – that probably wouldn't have made me happy in the long run just because, you know, at, it's at, a grind. at the beginning it would have been good. But as I got older, I don't, I don't think it would have kept me. Um, um, and also, I think it was a better fit for you as well because you were you, you, just like me, we were have, real heavily into the studio portion of things at that moment. And that's yeah. one of the things where LD at that time was really leading the pack in Texas. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah as far as the yeah, recording studio stuff, you know, the equipment and setting. And ironically, and not on the production side. Like you, you just didn't yeah. see those guys involved in any of that. But the studio guys, the, the, the real ones, knew yeah. to go there to get, you know, gear, advice, um, exactly, yeah. all kinds of stuff. So it was, it was a cool, it was like a really cool experience. Um, I'm, I'm glad I did it. And then um, at some point I discovered that there were companies that did that also. And maybe they had, a, at the time, I can't speak to how they are now, but paid a little better and had a more opportunity for advancement and um, LD, what it was at the time, at least, well, was very established. Mom and pop-ish, you know, yeah. it was it was a yeah. privately held thing. So, I mean, if you wanted to advance, you just kind of waited around like a buzzard for somebody to die. <laughs> 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 if that didn't happen, you weren't going anywhere. Uh, so, you know, I, I jumped over to SPL. And while I was there, they uh, merged or whatever with um, AVI. That became the AVI SPL thing. Of course, now they're Ava Splitlock or whatever because they merged again with Whitlock. I know. Crazy times. So uh, what was the personality difference between AVI and SPL as an organization? Did y'all have competing offices here in Houston when they merged or was there only an SPL here? I don't think so. I don't think there was a Houston AVI that I'm aware of. I think there was a Dallas presence of both. Okay. And it seemed like um, AVI was more sales focused uh -huh. and um, they had better tools and training and that kind of stuff. They were more focused on the customer relations side of things and they were great at that. And um, SPL was more engineering focused, thank God, because yeah. that's what I did. Uh, I, I love working somewhere that what you do is the focus of what that company does. You know, I, I've, I've been the other. LD is a good example of that. There were times where you feel like, Jesus Christ, if I'm not in production, they're not listening. <laughs> yeah, that was sometimes that was what the owner of that company, his first love was production. So he seemed to listen 
yeah. pay attention to more of the needs of that side of the house. Um, and so it was nice being uh, at SBL, being an engineer and then being more engineering minded. And when that merger happened, I helped kind of stamp out the um, SPL um, way of doing things, their templates and their yeah. standards to the AVI folks. And that was, that was cool. That was a good experience to get to help um, fine tune some things and then stamp that out to other team members and get them up to speed. Well, I think it, it um, it's important to highlight that you are unique in the way that you have a lot of experience, but you have very long tenures. I mean, you know, five years at Parker, eight years at LD, almost five and a half at AVISPL, culminating in being the director of engineering right. um, for here in Houston. That's really impressive. That That's hard to pull off. Yeah, I, I was scrolling through my LinkedIn. Let me uh-huh. refresh my memory of all where I worked. I, I don't know why I was I was not remembering that I don't ship, I don't jump ship very much, and so I scrolled past it. <laughs> the whole thing, I was like uh, at the bottom, going, "Hmm, those are my interests." Oh, hold on a second, I scroll back up. There's only four. <laughs> oh, I know. How do you so, pull yeah. that off? Wow, uh, I don't know. And uh, and then you made the 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 move. Um, yeah, uh, uh, integrator to consulting, and yeah, have, and I've been wanting to do that for a while, actually. Yeah, um, to the to the point of um, you and Paul had talked about it. Stuck yeah, you. I had worked with Paul for many years since LD, and uh, I had off again, on again, off again, told him that about the ideas I had about starting a consulting firm, and I had this outrageous idea of like, look, but nobody's really owning the front end of stuff. That's what the user knows. Like, really design the UI that you stamp out and. And Paul was like, well, that's a great idea. And so one day we get this project at SPL, AVI SPL, and uh, it was a, a waveguide project. And I'm reading their spec and I'm like, my jaw dropped. I was like, no fucking way. This, <laughs> this guy did my been, idea. This is what I've been describing for years. And they've, they've been around for a long time. I just never had heard of them. Because they're out of Atlanta. So, yeah. yeah. They- so I, I end up getting that project and uh, finish it out and everything goes well. Um, the consultant I worked with was uh, Scott McLean who's still with Waveguide also. Oh, neat. And then um, uh, what happened? Uh, I think uh, like a month or so after that project ended, um, there was a um, this public release of information that, Wave, hey, Waveguide's starting a new office in Houston. I'm like, oh, no way. And I look, and it's um, uh, going to be uh, fronted by uh, or led by Ross Cunningham. And I'm like, okay, this is the universe talking here because I had done a project with Ross when I was with LD systems uh-huh. for Cisco foods and we liked working with each other and you know, I didn't thought about it again, but that was for the record. Later. I think Cisco food still has those systems installed. I'm just saying, wow. all right, keep going. <laughs> so there you go. And so I uh, sent an email to Ross saying, Hey, look, I've been wanting to become a consultant for a long time, but never really found the right fit. And this may be way premature since you're just, just starting the office, but let me know. So he, he did respond. It was like, hey, I remember you. Yeah, it's not as premature as you would think. Let's meet up. So we met up and had lunch. And uh, I've been there for, what, seven, a little over seven years now? Yeah. Uh-huh. So. What, um, uh, what's, what was your favorite project during your time at Waveguide? At Waveguide, wow, there's, there's so many. Um, that's a hard one. Uh, they're all so different. I, I, I like that for that I uh, seem to have gravitated towards the, um, even though I cut my teeth on a lot of, as far as corporate goes on oil and gas. Yeah. I seem to really mesh well with the law people. Uh And so I I don't know why you just never know why what sticks sticks, but um, 
I've kind of become the go-to person for any time they get, they have law firm enterprise clients. Nice. And so I, I think all, all of my law firm stuff has been re- really good. Uh, I, I really enjoy working with those guys. Um, what about higher ed? Did you enjoy the higher ed customers? Uh, that's a fun vertical. Probably would, but um, as much as WaveGuide is involved in higher ed, not the Houston office. So I, I, sadly, I don't have a lot of experience with our higher ed clients. Interesting. Yeah. Um, not, not any more than just like um, supervisory, where every now and then they would send me things and say, hey, can you look this over? Hey, can you make sure this is, does this look right? <laughs> that kind yeah. of stuff, which is another thing that I, I don't know how I always get drawn into that stuff. Uh, the joke the joke is um i had an integrator um refer to me as the wolf (laughs) 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 i think it was at heb i don't remember one of those guys that i got brought in again at ca and they were like oh man that's all you had to say you called the wolf (laughs) 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 so Uh, you've had a you've had a little bit of time to to decompress and you know uh, absorb your current situation um have you thought about what else interests you within the industry? I mean, do you want to strictly stick to consulting? Are there other types of jobs that you're aware of that you think your skill set would, would be, bring a value? Yeah, them? there are. You know, the, the temptation is always because what gets us into this stuff is not just the technology itself, but like the overcoming. It's kind of like a puzzle. You put technology. Yeah putting together a puzzle with technology because every single one of these pieces has a caveat of their own. And so you're kind of like, mm-hmm. what are your needs again? Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. This puzzle piece, we'll do that. Blah, blah, blah. And then you, this is going to be what you want. And then you see that smile on their face and you're happy. So in, in that realm, I think my next uh, plateau up from this, cause I feel like every single experience I've had is leading up to the next the next big thing. And so I think the next thing is to do what I already do, but for uh, one specific um, organization. So I think at some point, um, and maybe not even now, I mean, even right now I'm on furlough and I got an email from WaveGuide today, just kind of letting me know where they stand and Hey, we're, this happens, this happens, we're bringing you back, that kind of stuff. But you know, well, no that's, that, that was the irony is that you were so busy. I mean, I was were, already busy. Y'all yeah. were slammed. I was like, how can they let people go? They're slammed. Uh, it, yeah. It's a double edged sword at wave God because we're owned by compass group, which is I know. the sixth largest employer in the world or gigantic. But with that, with, with the benefit of that, which, you know, one of those is like stupid, cheap uh, health insurance. And it's really yeah. good insurance. Uh, one the double edged sword of that is those guys are very much not as resilient as us in a time like this. They're not mm-hmm. performing food services and on-site services from home. I mean, they are, but not at the level that we can do it. And, and so when they start hurting. Yep. Trickle the, down it's, economics. It's incumbent yeah. upon us to try to help out and, and show, Hey, look, we thinned our numbers a little bit too. We're helping out. And unfortunately I, I just was, I was probably attached to some project that's on hold yeah, I think, I think I know which one. And it, the irony is that project hadn't started yet anyway. On a spreadsheet, you know, they're like, no, 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 no. Oh, no, this guy. And I'm like, well, hold on, I'm still doing stuff. But yeah, that's, that's, not, yeah. that's one of the dangers of that when a kind of bean counter organization yes. owns the company, which is the, the situation with a lot of the big guys, is that the decisions as to furlough or layoff is really – it really, the, there is no emotion attached whatsoever. It's just yeah. about the numbers, period. And, and it appears to completely defy logic. It doesn't. It makes it, perfect sense to somebody on a spreadsheet. They're going, yes. right. drop the one, carry the two. This motherfucker's got to go. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> yeah, <pretty much. laughs> but, you know, it is what it is. 
No, I, I, I was talking with a, a friend of mine, uh, Fernando Calderon, and y'all know Fernando. And yeah. well, you know, I said sometimes like, oh, he asked about a project, and I said, oh, I don't know. I said, I, you know, I think you know David and uh, Tony are on furlough. What? How could how could they furlough them? I was like, <laughs> I, I mean, like people are just shocked. And, and it to your credit, <laughs> there's a real, there's a lot of quality, like quality individuals in various positions that are all on the street right now, you know, right. right? They're either on pause, on hold, on furlough, whatever. Um, it, that's what kind of blows my mind, you know, cause we all know. know who the, we know who the best and brightest are, you know, I mean, you, right. you know who the top 20% is. And so would you just, it's one thing if <laughs> one of your friends, but then to see, you know, a dozen all going through transition, I know. that's, it's just too much. No. I know, if, it, if it goes on for too long, if I mean, I, I, it's going to be interesting to see where where I land because I you know I've got I've got a couple of oars in the water, uh-huh. you know, other talents, and uh, I, it's done all consulting and and, uh, and stuff. I know I've my first love, what got me into this, and the whole the whole point of this is uh, the, the music stuff and the audio stuff, and I, I have had projects beside, on the on the side of what I do for a living. Yeah, I've done you know indie films and things like that, and. So it's kind of interesting to see that some of the interest I've got going on there too. And on the I, creative I, side. On the creative side, I think. So you never know. You never know. It'd be, it's going to be interesting to see what shakes out. You know, this, is this an opportunity in disguise? That often happens. You know, who knows? Yeah. I, time will tell. I'm, I'm, I'm keeping my oars in the water and I'm moving them and we'll just see, <laughs> we'll just see um, what happens, you know, what, what's, what side, uh, what side of the boat, I guess is my, is fate on here are you um are people reaching out to you just to check on you see how you're doing yeah surprisingly i i i'd never announced what was going on and my linkedin status stayed the same but yeah i have surprisingly gotten um people just checking on hey man how's everything and other people hey man you know we're hiring but i'm not quite i'm not ready to go to some of the directions some of the people are asking about so but i definitely appreciate it it means i've done something right over the years yeah absolutely yeah Absolutely. And just imagine if instead of going to Waveguide, if you had actually gone through with the Whitlock opportunity, you would be back at AVISPL right now. <laughs> like so many, right? A lot. There was a lot of redundancy. You know? They all think they're escaping one organization <laughs> for the other. And it's like, nope, actually, we're the same. We all ended up back in. <laughs> Well, and, you know, there's a big drop-off, right? I mean, you know, uh, even with, uh, like, that last bid project, it's like, oh, Whitlock's not bidding? You know, oh, no, that's right. They're AVISPL now. That's just weird to kind of process and and put together, I think. And, you know, so I don't know. It's interesting. So what uh, what is something surprising, David, that people that do know you don't know about you? Are you, are you an open book or do you, do you have, that's a good question. I I almost feel like we should have a, this is your life moment. Like maybe, Hey, write that down. There's one of our segments. This is your, this is your AV life and have people that have worked with you. Like Uh, surprise you with, with like some feedback. I remember when he did this and just give people feedback on themselves. It might be an interesting show. That would be That sounds dangerous. That that does sound It'd be fun, man. It's not live. (laughs) Hey, I've heard some of the stories about him, man. Like David Williams is awesome. I would work with him again. And so I remember this is overdub. <laughs> yeah, right. Kind of like sounds like Siri. It's like, <laughs> yeah, David, he is great. 
Oh my god, yeah, we, we could definitely have a blast with that one. Oh my god. I'm not sure what people would say. I mean, I I, I feel like it's, it's po- mostly positive. You know, I, I get lots of uh, people smile <laughs> when right. they say they're going to be working with me, so that's a good thing. Um, I, I don't know. That's a good question. I think I Jerry know. and I are probably a little bit more polarizing than you are. Yeah. David has a very Switzerland je ne sais quoi about him. <laughs> <laughs> my wife may disagree with that <laughs> well, I know the good thing about David I think one of his big attributes and why people look up to him in the industry is that he has a way to look at something at a project and find the holes in it oh no it, that it, most it's people intuitive. don't even consider yeah so no it's intuitive like, yeah, yeah and that is a so. gift I would I totally agree uh, and you like to help you, you are a very helpful person um, now you're a forgetful, but you're so nice and helpful that we... What are you talking about? Huh? What, what <laughs> no, what's happening? What? I already forgot. What, is there a question in there? <laughs> There's people on my screen. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I think that's... You're right, Jerry. He definitely has a way of just looking at this project and going, oh, this is missing. This is... Yeah. And right, that's, yeah. That's a, that's a nice skill yeah. set to have. And he's also quiet. And not opinionated until a certain point. Yeah, I'm, I'm opinionated. I, I just uh, choose my battles. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, and you also know programming, which is interesting. You know, I mean, you understand, and so, and I think, I think that's, when you—that's an interesting point, Michelle. I, I, that's something I don't tout very much, but I'm very, no. very UI uh, driven. I love um, user interface design, and yeah. Um, so I, that's something people pull me into that a lot on, on their projects. I say, can you review this submittal, <laughs> please? And I'll pick, do this, do this, do this, do that, send it back. And it's uh, still amazing. At what year? 2020. Some of the um, UIs I get from various um, integrators or programming companies, sometimes where you're like, ah, really? <laughs> well, <laughs> because still trying yeah. to do that. You know, there's something to be said for overthinking it and like just like engineers programmers can overthink things as well right and having that ui i requires more of an audio person because you it's when you're matching the technical with the artistry right there's a certain art artistic side and not everybody has both of those right you know it it, 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 and when you marry them together that's what makes you produce a better product right Um, because you just have a set of skills that the majority don't have um yeah that's why you've seen so many bad UIs where you're like, oh no, who did this? What? Yeah, it's almost like uh, if you're if you're really good at putting yourself in other people's shoes, you'll you'll be better at certain things, and that's one of them. I think. Uh, right. Know, I, I always think about that poor bastard that doesn't do AV for a living, that has no interest in doing AV for a living, shouldn't have to, doesn't need to know that that display has eight different inputs and can turn off and do all this. It doesn't need all that shit on a touch panel. (laughs) It should be focused on what that guy does, not on all the neat things that that piece, that device can do. The guy doesn't give a shit how many inputs that thing has and what all it can do and that it can scale and give you a pip. It doesn't give a fuck about that stuff. You just, you need to focus on what is this guy trying to accomplish in this space and make it as easy as humanly possible for that guy to operate. Well, what also fascinates me is every display manufacturer, their user interface 
for those of us that are programming the devices also sucks to the umpteenth power. So we really appreciate them getting the design team on, you know, the, like whatever, built a chipboard to like also do <laughs> yeah. our menu, you know, know, set up menu. It's like, who set, who set up the set up menu? You know, <laughs> I mean, this is I'm a horrible a, experience. Go to settings, go to advance, go to, you know, this <laughs> yeah. plus sign at the bottom. You see those three dots? That's another menu. Like, oh, yeah. damn it. <laughs> and, it's on, and, it's, and it's on the opposite corner of the interface. Yeah. <laughs> and then when you hit apply, it kicks you completely out, but you still need to do something else yes. in that men same menu. So then you have to tunnel it back in. God, you're bringing yeah. back bad memories of, uh, uh, do you remember this, Jerry, the polycom stuff when we had to set oh. those up for, um, I think BP was a big client at the time. Yeah. Yep. yeah and some, some settings. Well, yeah, it it booted up in S-Video. So you have to hook up S-Video to it. Yes. So you can convert it to to RGBHV. And and a ton of other little caveats like that. There were certain settings that you had to make, right? And some of those would totally reboot the codec. So you got really good at knowing, I'm making all these changes first. Uh, (laughs) And then then I'm going to go right back to that same page and make that one because that one's going to reboot everything. Right, yeah, because otherwise you lose lose (laughs) 20 Because you're doing it with a remote control with little yeah, arrows, adding, entering, you know, passwords and, uh, yes. you know, the information for it. Yeah, There's funny. nothing more fun than an 18-character uh, password yeah, exactly, sent with yeah. it, you know. You'd walk in and see some junior tech, like, 192, 168. You're like, no, like, don't, don't enter that yet. It's going to reboot. <laughs> and then, and then, then you got to go find it once once it reboots because it changed something. <laughs> now you got to go find it in the network versus knowing exactly. Oh uh, man, <laughs> the bad old days. Good, good times. Time. Good times. Yeah, oh, we spent plenty of nights uh, in the building setting these things up. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. That's a that's a great point with the user interface stuff because I know in my career it's like that's what that's the user interface is what makes a system good or bad in the customer side. Absolutely. They hate it. If you give the bad UI, they hate AV and they don't want it, especially like, like C-level people. Oh, uh, yeah. Bad experience with a, you know, with their whatever touch panel system that somebody did at home or whatever. And it brandishes that brand. As, you know, it, turns, it turns the Ferrari of a system that you designed into a Pinto because they put basically uh, balding flat tires on the damn thing. That, that's basically what happens. You functionally just ruined that, that, that vehicle, right? That thing that you designed right. that, that's helping them to communicate on that stuff. And that very front end thing is the only thing that they really interface with. They don't care how beautiful your rack wiring is. Right. They don't, they don't care about any of that shit. If the thing that they have to operate sucks. Exactly. And, yeah. and what the sad part is, I, I've, I preach this as to, to integrators as much as I can, when I get, especially when I get a bad UI submittal. I'm like, guys, you're, you're killing your own career slowly and you don't realize it. It's bad decades of super bad, I don't give a shit about the end user experience when I'm designing this stuff. That, that mindset, decades of that has driven a whole uh, segment of gear where yeah. people are like, how can I design this product line, this whole ecosystem to where the client doesn't have to be bothered with this fucking idiot ruining yeah. the user experience with their ui it's it's sad they're going to keep doing that and at some point they're just not going to be needed anymore oh it is yeah they're, they're, uh, you know a lot of a lot of technologies moving from the programming where you got to have you know 
you got to know how to program versus, you know, where you're just yep. in settings, you know. Exactly. A lot of the new stuff is just settings that you can't, that you don't have a whole lot of options to screw it up. Well, I know uh, several of the, at the end user level, um, the clients, you know, in their mind, the end users, you were waveguide. And I know that all the end users that I worked with that happened to also be your waveguide clients loved working with you. What do you think, I mean, and um, actually gave waveguide more business because of the relationship you developed with them. And I'm wondering, is there any one or two traits that you think you brought to the table that made them like you so much? <laughs> Why did they love David Williams? What's so I, I'll, about I'll you, tell you David? what I heard from, um, this is from JLL. Uh, uh -huh. They called uh, once, uh, they called several times, but they, they called once specifically bypassing a bunch of people to go directly to me. <laughs> and <laughs> right. I didn't understand why. I'm like, wait, you want me to transfer your roster? He's like, no, 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 no. And what I heard was, is that I'm a good balance of um, knowledgeable with the technology, loving technology, but keeping practical practicality in mind. Like it's just that balance of, I, I know that that exists. I know it's super cool, but that doesn't automatically mean it fits your particular need in the most efficient way. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I think I, I just, I'm really good at keeping the client's, perspective and what their what their goals are at the forefront of my decisions and that's the what I, I never thought about it as being rare but what i've oh, it is been, rare. what I've, I've learned that over time that it's really rare it's, it seems like that's yeah. not how people think at all um you know the thing that attracts a lot of that and i'm not not, not not to put down anybody because a lot of those people that aren't good at it it makes them good at something else. Maybe they, they thrive in an R&D environment and they, they just really want to play with this equipment. They really want to, that this is the latest and greatest and this seems like it's better than that. But there's a time and place for that. R&D in your lab, that's great. That's where you do all that. But you don't experiment on that guy's dime right. and on his time. Right. You just, that's not where you do that. And so I Absolutely. think uh, and that, that, that a lot of the guys appreciated that I didn't do that to them. I, I didn't make them a guinea pig for some pet project I had going on in my head coming from the integrator world the most recently that that weighs massively with who you recommend as far as consultants and all this stuff because I know it's like I there's several consultant companies in town that you read you go through their what loosely called a bill of materials or spec and you're like why would you use that with that? It makes no sense. It's kind of like, you know, it's like, I'm going to put, it's like building a car that has four different size wheels on it because each <laughs> one of those four wheels is cool in its own different way. So yeah. they make no sense together. Sometimes they want to go mudding. And so that front right tire is for that. Sometimes <laughs> they want to race. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes they want to race. So the rear slicks is for, that's for that. <laughs> but you put it all at the same time. This fucking car is worthless now. <laughs> yeah. I had some situations where, where, you know, there was a very small combinable room and they put in like $30,000 projectors, you know, like 10 K projectors where really like wow. a 5k would have been more than enough. No, no, out, no outside windows, things like that, you know, wow. on a one ten on a one ten inch screen. It's like, why would you have, you know, this $30,000 projector slash lens combo. But that's the kind of stuff where people look at consultants and goes like, you know, when the end user comes and goes, well, what do you think of the spec? And I'm like, well, you know, they, they, they didn't give you the best. Exactly. I won't, it, it's, it's like, it, it's not wrong. And I'm doing air quotes because this is an audio show. 
Right. right. Not quote, it's not quote unquote wrong, but God, that's not the most efficient. It's not an elegant solution. You know, there's just a lot of that. Right. And it's a lot of waste of money yes. for unnecessary things that you don't need. Yeah, there's a lot of that. And I try, I try really hard to, to act like that's my, my money. You know, when somebody you know, is, uh, trust me enough to not only tell me up front, because you know how hard it is. I mean, you've been into design, Jerry. Yeah. What's the number one thing that you need to know? And it's also the number one thing that they don't want to fucking tell you is their budget. budget. <laughs> and so I'm in, in a position and have been for the last seven, eight years, whatever it is, where they trust me with their budget because they know I'm an independent consultant. I don't make any money off the gear. If I can find, if I can cut your budget in half, yeah, I absolutely will. I, I want to do that. I want to make, I want to find a way that I can pull off your, um, uh, you know, a solution that solves all of your wants and needs um, and I, I kind of, I'm methodical like that. I'll start, I actually do that when I'm having my needs analysis with somebody, <laughs> I actually have a right. needs and I have a wants. And so I gather budget and I, I go straight to design. And I start thinking, okay, this is, I'll do this whole, this will get all their needs. Now, what can I do that pulls off their wants too? You know, how, how much of the, how much of their wants can I get accomplished with the same dime? And, uh, it's a, it's a cool way of doing that, but yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's rare. Sadly, it is. I'm glad you do it. So, Gracias. Um, but now I do yard work. <laughs> <laughs> and now you're a lawn man. Still holding your chin up high. I just so hung you, a picture. That was cool. It's been needing to be hung for months. There it is. Yay. All it's up on the wall. Is it the scooter <laughs> picture? Um, no, where is that thing? It needs to go up. It's, it's on the list. I have it sitting <laughs> on. It's, it's leaning against the wall of which it will go on. It just hasn't been hung. So, At least uh, it's what, touching the wall. Yeah. What's, your, uh, what's your commissioning song? Oh, mm-hmm. man, that's a good question. So um, I have a few. So I think Jerry knows that I'm a big fan of Steely Dan like he is. I like the music, but I also just really love the production. And so I'll, I'll use the whole um, Asia album, um, Love Seal, the um, I think this is the second album of his. I forgot the name. But I think it's just the self-titled Seal album. I use the hell out of that. I, I like use the Seal. hell out of Sting. Um, I love Sting. Several, several of his albums that I'll use depending on what the system is. But um, I do so much corporate stuff that it's okay. YouTube videos of people speaking. I mean, yeah. as, as lame as that sounds, it's it's more um, realistic for what they're going to be using it for. So I'll do that. I mean, see how speech sounds to the through uh, conference rooms. Well, that breaks my heart. Things. Whatever. To heck with those, with those occupants. We're, we're going <laughs> to commission with Steely yeah, Dan. <laughs> right. Exactly. No, I do. I, and I still do spoken that. Spoken word but, doesn't work. What? But, Who cares? I, but I won't leave the space without going through spoken just, yeah. just, to, just to make sure that as much as I love Sting and Seal and all those guys through <laughs> it, does it, does that translate well for this, you know, boring speech that's going to, because that stuff's boring to us, but imperative to the guy on the receiving end of that. He wants, he just wants to know, you know, how is, how his law case is going or whatever. So who do you think, uh, who do you think had the biggest impact um, professionally on your career? Besides Uh, Jerry, like an organization, Jerry's love support. No, an individual, an organization, whichever, whatever you, um, geez, that's a good question. I never thought about it like that. Who, who had the best, the biggest influence? Um, well, Jerry's one of them, man, because um, I was yeah. at a music store and he was at LD already. Yeah. And, um, and 
you know, I'm sure the whole reason Dave Marks even called me was because Jerry was like, dude, you got to call this guy. <laughs> yeah. So, so I'm sure that I'm sure Jerry in that regard. So did y'all both have hair back then? I mean, I know the listeners can't tell, but y'all, had both, y'all were both shaved heads. So they've actually had yeah. long hair. Yeah. I had hair down to the middle of my back. <laughs> I've seen the pictures. I have crazy. seen the pictures. Yeah. You were a rocker. Yeah. I kept Good. it in a ponytail. That was all business. I carried a briefcase and I had a ponytail. <laughs> <laughs> that's how they knew you were a pro av guy that's Hello. right they're like this guy takes himself seriously he's got a um padded shoulder um coat that he wears and he's got a briefcase <laughs> he means business i'm hoping that shoulder pads come back <laughs> during during a, a recession and a depression they usually brings the shoulders pa- the pads shoulder back. Pads, i think that yeah. could be a good look i know keep, they can keep the pastels though <sighs> yeah the miami vice look i don't know i'm not ready for that <laughs> no, I'm not ready for that to come back either. Yeah, absolutely. So, what you got? Any good questions, Siri? Are you a professional interviewer? Come on, man. What you I'm got? A professional interviewer. Uh, no, it's kind of actually odd because I know Dave so well. Uh, <laughs> I was just Dave, thinking the Dave, same thing. It's like I, I'm Dave's best man at his wedding. Dave's my best man up for mine. So it's like we know each other pretty well. So you're um, like, I've already asked the question, and now I don't know. You know what I mean? Since you already right. know the answer. Well, <laughs> I think we've covered a lot of it. And like I said, I, I, I love singing Dave's pre, uh, praises because he, he is a, on the professional end of things. He is a really outstanding guy, AV-wise. I agree. His skill set, it's like – and he, I mean, even when, I, when I'm stuck, he is the first, if not the second call that I'd go, hey – have you ever ran into that situation? What yeah. was your solution? You know, so absolutely. You know, he knows his stuff well. And that's why I always, always reach out to him if I'm stuck, because I know he looks at things from a different perspective that a lot of people don't. Yeah, he's good at finding the blind spots. Right. And he's like, well, <laughs> take this into consideration, you know, blah, blah, blah. If you do this, then you got to consider this other part. And it's like, oh, yeah, great idea. <laughs> Didn't even think about that. Kind of Unfortunately, thing. he's directly quoting me on the blah, blah, blah part. Yeah. I know, I know. <laughs> well, I just like to say I'm really impressed uh, that he did fix his audio and that uh, he's got his video and lighting. So, Jerry, did you notice that Dave and I both have like quasi, you know, uh, consumer uh, professional lighting and that you don't? So you look like <laughs> I know it's an yeah. audio podcast, but yeah, I was just like, see, see how cute we look. On I, okay, so, uh, so you're, you're lighting, light shaming me now? Yeah, we <laughs> light exactly. <laughs> Um, yeah, my there old Logitech, I, I, I took some recordings of it, and um, <clears throat> it doesn't sound bad, but for some weird reason, it makes this room sound live. I don't understand that. It's it the makes it sound thing. cavernous, I know. It's it weird, because I tested this same device in the Waveguide office, and it didn't sound like that. So I, I'm thinking that it's it's almost made for bigger spots, which is odd, because it excels in huddle rooms. So I, I don't quite understand why this, maybe it's something with this device. Um, I just did a, a firmware update. At the recommendation of Logitech, and um, I've noticed some other quirks since then. Like um, it doesn't seem to recall my preferred um, pan and uh, zoom uh-huh. setting. But it did before, so I updated the firmware like they told me to, and now it like I have to constantly recall the setting. It didn't do that before, so I'm wondering if the audio was part of that. So might be so, some, might be an issue with their their AC. So so yeah, I went through the trouble. I, I was just being lazy. I didn't want to. You know, I didn't want to go through the trouble of rerouting this stuff through my Neve, but you know, I'm yeah, I'm going through a, a Neve channel right now just for 
for a Zoom call. There's nothing a couple of grand of processing won't fix, right? Exactly, <laughs> right? But throw some money at it. Well, thank you so much. We appreciate spending time with you and um, letting everybody else learn about you. So if somebody wants to find David Williams, where do they find you? How do they, if they want to reach out? So the best way is still on LinkedIn. Um, that's, that's, that's where you find me. Okay. Um, or you can shoot me an email. Um, dwilliams.ar3a at gmail.com. Any of that works. Well, we appreciate it, Dave, and we know that you'll be getting back to work soon. Um, uh, NPR just came out with the notice that the House has passed an additional $484 billion to the stimulus package. So hopefully uh, WaveGuide and Kramer, Kramer's standing in line, my new employer, we, we missed out on the, the first round because they just processed them willy-nilly, regardless of the fact that you submitted it the first day it was available. So, right. Well, WaveGuide can't get it because we're a part of Compass. Oh, so you didn't even qualify? Mm-mm. That was the oh. first thing the owner said. He was like, we didn't want to lay off anybody or furlough anybody. Yeah. So um, he was like, I called our CFO, and he was like, I'm way ahead of you. I, I inquired about that the second I heard about it. And uh, we were told that because we're part of Compass, we're just we're way, way too big to get anything. Well, and that, see, that sucks because like, yeah, my husband's busy as all get out and, you know, he's a consultant. I knew you, how busy you were. And if it, if the company had never been acquired, you know, right. I, I know that fine. Scott yeah. wouldn't have let anybody cut anybody loose. I mean, you know, as, yeah. as long as the business was viable, which it is. So, you know, um, so hopefully, uh, that and other opportunities will uh, present themselves. So we appreciate it. <laughs> Thanks guys. This is fun being on this end of it. cool well look look forward to seeing hopefully seeing you again and on some other episode definitely man and i'll definitely be on your uh on the water cooler what do you call the meeting that that's every monday evening uh av support group av support group wow guys so so serious (laughs) i like that (laughs) Yeah, we're professionals. Uh, Jerry (laughs) participated in one of the AV and the AM happy hours, which is every other Friday, and um, it's it's a global happy hour. I mean, people all over the world. Yeah, he turned a happy hour into a happy night. He was up to. I mean, this is what time did the happy hour start? Five o'clock. He was up to one. They were they were Zoom calling from 5 p.m. to 1 a.m. Oh my god! I know, I love it. Yeah, it's like I became the moderator like two hours before the end. That's great. was like awesome. All right, guys, thanks. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Mostly AV Who We Are Show. We hope you have a wonderful day and that you stay safe. Until next time, take care and stay AV awesome.